hear the words and see the actions of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Jesus answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So the man stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. God bless to our understanding, the reading of this, his holy word. Amen. Well, this sermon series on the Sabbath will end with a Sabbath Sunday, which is September 28th. As I said last week, we are going to try to really honor the Sabbath on that day. You know, sometimes churches can become the largest obstacles to the rest that God wants us to enjoy on the Sabbath. Uh, Duties and meetings and more meetings and rehearsals. And we don't allow people to rest or families even to get together for a meal and enjoy themselves that day. We will make uh, September 28th, Sabbath Sunday, a very low-key, very minimal uh, day here so that the people who make Sunday mornings so rich and meaningful for us week by week will have a chance themselves to experience rest. Uh, And then I've encouraged all of us to begin thinking how we can be intentional about making this day a day uh, of rest for us personally, for our families. Some people, some of you are already coming to me. As soon as the sermon was done last week, you're already coming to me asking, well, what can I do, what can't I do? Steve Mascaro, uh, an elder in our church, uh, he and Debbie, father of three young boys, he comes to me and Steve has a, a mountain bike ride scheduled already for September 28th. And you say, well, can I do that? 
And then Debbie's right behind him, and she says, but if he goes on the mountain bike ride, that means I'm home taking care of the three boys. Now, am I really resting if he does that? I don't know. A couple people asked, well, are the Raiders playing that day? You're going to watch the Raiders, Phil? Can you do that? Is it an off week for them? It's not. Uh, Cecilia Hoyt, 10-year-old. She's going to be 11 that day. It's her birthday. Pastor Phil, what do I do? She asked me. Uh, Marty Lessie came up to me today. She said, you know, I did all my cooking yesterday. So I wouldn't have to do anything today. So I can just rest today. She said, just about killed me. But I got it all done yesterday. I was, she's already into the Sabbath mindset. She's already getting it. Others have asked, well, can I take a nap? And then after I take a nap, can I get up and do some chores or do other work? You know, like, can, can we rest a little but then do other stuff? You know, when we begin to take the Sabbath seriously, and hey, it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's one of the Ten Commandments. But when we begin to take it seriously, we begin to ask, well, what can you do and what can't you do on the Sabbath? People have asked that and wrestled with that ever since God gave us the Sabbath as a command. Jewish rabbis have debated it. They've, they've discussed it. They've written about it. They've argued over what could be done on the Sabbath and then what was forbidden. And they've done that for centuries and they still do it. Jesus was a Sabbath keeper. Uh, he honored, he remembered the day. Jesus and the Sabbath uh, comes up several times in the gospel. In Luke, we read that it was our Lord's custom, his habit, his every week practice to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, if we are going to follow Jesus, if I'm going to live his example, if I'm going to do what he does, my Lord and my master, then wherever we are, we will find a house of worship or take time to worship God on the Sabbath day. It will be priority. Jesus didn't do it occasionally. It was his custom. Jesus also healed people on the Sabbath. Several times throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus doing this, and it, it always causes a huge stir. In fact, it gets certain religious leaders so angry that they want to kill Jesus. You see, the Sabbath had become a day that was ruled by legalism more probably than the enjoyment of God. And the Sabbath is not just a part of the Jewish faith. It, of course, has been passed on to the Christian faith. And it's a Christian practice as well, though we have forsaken it somewhat. And some people were raised, uh, maybe some of you, in very strict Christian homes where the Sabbath was practiced, but it was very strict. And there were a lot of rules. And the day was just a bummer for you. That's the way you remember it. Couldn't play cards. Couldn't run and play and go outside. Couldn't do anything. You just had to sit and be still. And for you, you find it a relief not to observe the Sabbath anymore because your experience was just, it was a day of enforced misery. Sometimes too many rules can constrict the Sabbath. When we were in Jerusalem last summer, Nancy and I, um, one night after dinner, uh, a, a man and a woman in our school took a walk after dinner, and which was very common. Everybody did it. Beautiful weather, and you do that in the evenings. And it was common to walk uh, out the school and then up a hill into a Jewish neighborhood where there were some condominiums and some apartments. And uh, as they were walking, and, and this was the Friday night. It was Friday night, which is the beginning of the Sabbath for the Jewish faith. Friday night. 
And as they were walking, they noticed a young Jewish man uh, behind them, following them, kind of at a distance. Uh, And as they continued to walk, they noticed that he was watching them, and he continued to follow them wherever they would go. And he's looking at them intently, but careful not to get too close. And uh, finally, he started to close ground, and um, it kind of made them nervous. Uh, Was he going to do something to them? And he had this serious look on his face as he started to come to them. And they were a little scared, and they thought, even thought about running at that point. Finally, Stanley stopped, turned around, and faced the man. And the young man approached him, and he said that he needed their help. He saw them walking. He figured, I don't think you're Jewish, and, and... would they come and turn the light on in his house? You see, a breaker had tripped in the home, which turned off all the electricity in their apartment. Observant Jews are not allowed to turn electricity on or off on the Sabbath day. He was a a young Jewish man, young wife with two young children, and so they were going to be in the dark for the next day unless they could get the lights on. And, and, And if you're a Jew, you have to turn the lights on that you need before... The Sabbath begins, and you don't touch anything until the Sabbath ends. Stanley and Marie went and uh, helped the man who was just so grateful that they would come and do this, that he insisted that they stay for Sabbath dinner, the Sabbath ritual dinner, which they did. Fascinating evening, leading to fascinating conversation. Also meant they had to eat another meal. And, you know, we hear that, that you're not allowed to turn on electricity uh, on the Sabbath and... and, uh, that sounds a little legalistic to us. Is that really work? I mean, does it really work to hit a switch? Come on. Now, on the one hand, the Jews are very serious about keeping the Sabbath. Uh, they always have been. In many ways, it has served the Jewish people well. It has been said that it has been integral to keeping them and their identity as a people. On the other hand, it can get a little legalistic. And that goes back even to the time of Jesus. You know, Jesus preached, we heard him say, he says, come to me, all you who are weary, who are carrying heavy burdens, I will give you rest. Jesus says, if we come to him, if we walk with him, if we learn from him, we will find rest for our souls. And as you read on, you get to Matthew 12, and it says this, beginning of chapter 12 in Matthew, at that time, At that time. And that connects now what Jesus has just said about rest to what is going to come and happens next. And what happens next is that Jesus and his disciples now are walking and they're hungry. Jesus said to take his yoke, learn from him. A yoke is a walking instrument. It is not a sitting instrument. And these men, these disciples are walking with Jesus and they're going to learn a lesson right now. They begin to pick grain. They begin to eat it. They're hungry. The Bible teachers see this and they call them out about what they're doing, that it is, it's unlawful, it, it's unbiblical on the Sabbath. You can't pick grain, you can't prepare food on the Sabbath. Notice that Jesus answers their charge about being unbiblical by responding with the Bible. He meets them on their own ground. And he says, you know, haven't you read The time when King David, great King David, when he and his men were wandering, they were hungry. They actually went into the temple and they took the blessed bread that was sitting on 
the altar and they ate it and they weren't supposed to. Or he says, you know, priests work on the Sabbath because they have duties in the temple. But even though they profane the day, they're excused because what they do is necessary. Jesus is pointing those Bible teachers to a passage in Numbers. There was also a passage in rabbinical teaching um, that said temple service suppressed Sabbath observance. Temple service suppressed Sabbath observance. In other words, if you work in the temple, you are excused observing the Sabbath, obviously, because that is what you do. Then Jesus says, and you know what? Something, someone greater than the temple is here. And Jesus is speaking of himself. And if serving in the temple supersedes observing the Sabbath, then someone who supersedes the temple is over the Sabbath as well. And then Jesus refers to a third biblical passage. He says that if these Bible teachers had known what God meant when he said this, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, they would not be condemning Jesus and his disciples and pointing the finger at them. Jesus interprets the law much wider than the Pharisees do. Jesus shows us that the law is actually much more full of heart than many people read it. You know, sometimes we can become so biblically serious and anxious to protect the letter of the law and be so faithful to the, to, to, to the Bible that we miss the message of the, the larger message of God's word can become destroyed. God wants mercy, not sacrifice. People are more important than rules. God isn't looking to throw people under the bus in the name of religious laws or lives to be extinguished on the altar of legalism. And so Jesus says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And Jesus is the Son of Man. And he places himself as the one who interprets and controls what the Sabbath is about. That's pretty bold to say that. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Well, then on that same Sabbath day, it just continues. Same Sabbath day, Jesus goes into a synagogue because that's where Jesus goes on the Lord's day. And he sees a man with a deformed hand and the religious leaders trying to trap him now ask him, is it okay to heal on the Sabbath? Well, the fact that you would even have to ask such a question on the Sabbath says something about how it was viewed and how it was practiced. The Sabbath wasn't for work. And what constituted work was a large discussion in Judaism. It carried over into Christianity as well. But Jesus responds with, well, do you think? Do you think we can heal on the Sabbath? And he makes the point, you know, he says, if you have a sheep, if you have an animal who's trapped on the Sabbath, what are you going to do? Down in that pit, you're going to lift that animal up. And he says, a person is much more valuable than an animal. So yes, it's biblical to heal on the Sabbath. You see, the Bible teachers are more concerned with what you can't do on the Sabbath. Jesus is more concerned with what you can do. And from Matthew 12, I see at least three things that Jesus says, this is how you spend the Sabbath. He says, number one, you can heal on the Sabbath. Good thing to do. Number two, You can do good on the Sabbath. He says, yes, it's okay to do good. Number three, he says, do mercy on the Sabbath. Heal, do good, show mercy. One time Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. You know what? They will receive 
mercy. And a second time in Matthew, I can't remember where it is, but Jesus, again, quotes that verse. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, which is from the prophet Hosea. Mercy, not sacrifice. There is a form of Christianity that is very highly disciplined, very strict, often labeled as biblical or even faithful. It can sometimes preach a very high standard of morals and a list of things that one needs to do to be a good Christian. The faith of Jesus Christ does have standards, make no mistake about it, and it is a certain type of life. But a Christianity that is just too strict can also breed a harshness and a spirit of judgment. Do you find it ironic that the Pharisees see it as wrong to work on the Sabbath, to heal on the Sabbath, but yet they plot to kill Jesus on the Sabbath? Well, yeah, we we don't want to work on the Sabbath, but if we want to figure out how to kill someone, well, that's just fine. We can do that. Jesus shows that obedience isn't about making us just morally tougher, but being humanly more merciful. People matter to God more than anything. In fact, the Sabbath should make us more sensitive and caring to other people. Jesus notices on the Sabbath. He notices people with shriveled hands. He notices women who are bent over. He notices people who are blind on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the day to listen to our spouses and to our children. A day to see what's going on with our neighbor. A day to be tuned into others for the sake of good and for the sake of mercy. The Sabbath is a day to do good, to show mercy, to forgive to lay down resentments, to drop grudges, to forgive debts, to come underneath another person, to be sensitive to others, uh, to serve others. Remember that our relationship with God involves, it even hinges on how we're relating with other people. If Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, then we learn what the Sabbath is about by walking with him. We find Jesus doing other healings on the Sabbath and other places in the gospel. And it always stirs up the keepers and the policemen of the law. You know, it's easy to read these passages as Jesus taking on the establishment and putting all those Pharisees, all those legalistic guys in their place and just showing them how wrong they were. But I don't think Jesus healed on the Sabbath to be a rebel. I don't think he was trying to make a religious power play. You see, there's something wonderful and powerful and blessed about the Sabbath day. And Jesus wanted to show what was good about it, that it's a day of rest. His rest, which goes beyond just the legalistic, merely stopping of all of life. And it points to God's eternal rest of no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering. The Sabbath speaks of his victory, resurrection victory over death and everything that is evil. That's why Christians began to make their Sabbath on Sunday, the first day of the week when Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus shows not only, Jesus shows us what the Sabbath day can really be. It includes healing, doing good, showing mercy. One person said that Jesus had a point to make. That the Sabbath is not the absence of work, but it's experiencing the joy of God and entering the work of God. Whatever God is doing, that's what we want to do. I read the book by Mark Buchanan, who's a pastor and a writer, called The Rest of God. The Rest of God. 
And in it, he writes, when Jesus broke man-made Sabbath regulations, he always went in this direction. He healed. He fed. He claimed the right to rescue creatures fallen into wells or to lead to wells creatures falling down with thirst. Jesus pursued those things that give life. Whatever had been stolen by sickness, by the devil, by sheer accident and mishap, these things he sought to take back and give back. He honored our created limits and restored our created greatness. He did this always and told us to do likewise. But he especially favored the Sabbath for such activity. The thing is, Jesus never gives a definite, definite rules for what doing good, showing mercy, healing on the Sabbath might look like. He, doesn't, he never wrote a Sabbath manual with all the do's and all the don'ts that you're supposed to do. We're free to work it out for ourselves. As we approach September 28th, and as we practice the Sabbath, even today, I hope you will, and even now, and even right now in our lives, I leave it up to you to work out what doing good and showing mercy and healing might look like on the Sabbath. Give it some prayerful thought. Uh, wrestle with it a little bit, because wrestling is always good for our faith. That's okay. We need to exercise our faith. And if Jesus doesn't give any hard and strict rules, I surely am not, okay? Jesus frees us to take the Sabbath seriously but not legalistically. But, you know, we can be as wrong when we do not practice the Sabbath as when we fill the day with harsh rules and regulations. Neither one of those honor the Lord. We're freed from legalism. We are not freed from the day. Jesus never teaches that the Sabbath is negotiable or doesn't need to be honored or is even optional. He showed us how to do it with his life. Another time Jesus says on the Sabbath that it was created for people, that people weren't created for the Sabbath. But we're wrong to read that as Jesus saying, and then you can just do anything you want, including ignoring the Sabbath. Jesus doesn't free us from the Sabbath. He shows us how to do it. License and legalism are two extremes that we want to avoid. Now, for most, if not all of us, legalism is not our problem. Just taking our first steps to honor the Sabbath and practice it and keep it holy is what we need to focus on. How will this day look for you? How will you do good? Show mercy, rest, heal. Again, September, that Sabbath Sunday is going to be our practicum. And I ask all of us to target that day and to practice the rest that God offers, at least on that day, and do no work if we're not doing that already. Think of how that day can be a day of rest for you. Plan it now because it's very easy, I think, for us to get swept away with the normal franticness of our lives that can so easily fill up our calendars. Some people have made the Sabbath into a bad day, but you know what? The Sabbath is good. And God created the world in seven days, and he made that seventh day, and he said it's a day of rest. And at the end, if you read Genesis, says he said it was all good. God said, this is good. You want to know what God is like, always look at Jesus because he is God come to us in the flesh. And Jesus shows how the day, the Sabbath day is good and how it's meant for good. Last thing. You know, the fourth commandment about the Sabbath begins, remember the Sabbath. As if it refers to something we already know but we've forgotten. 
Remember the Sabbath. It is good. It is whole. So rest. Take delight in the goodness of creation. And remember how good this day is. Let's pray. Lord, lead us into your healing, into your good, into your mercy. Lord, we confess the weariness that can often fill our lives that are too full, too crowded with activity. Teach us your Sabbath 